1: Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark Walters. Walter. Walter. All right, here we go, guys. Armed American Radio's first
0: hour is in the rearview mirror. Armed American Radio's hour two begins right now in the Sig Sauer Studios here at the Sig Academy in New Hampshire. If you're just joining us, we have relocated the studios to their Six Hour home in Epping, New Hampshire. And it's a beautiful place. If you can ever make it up here, please do. Check out Sig Sauer. Dot com, and you can find out everything about the Academy. And we're sitting here talking with Tom Taylor, who's the Chief Marketing Officer and Executive Vice President of Consumer Sales, right? Commercial. Commercial sales. I was close. Started with a C. I was yep, close. Yeah, you're close. <laughs> and Phil better, than and there you, better than 365. Better than 365. I'll tell you about that in just a few minutes. <laughs> Phil Strader, talk to us a little bit about what you do, and uh, we'll reconnect with audience, and then we're going to go in. I want to finish the conversation we were having. If you were just catching us now, uh, we were talking about the SIG P320, and you'll pick up where we we left off as we continue that in just a few minutes. But if you would go ahead and
2: yeah, take uh, currently as of three weeks ago, I'm the director of operations out here at SIG Sauer Academy. And before that, uh, my first seven years at SIG, I was the I was in product management, uh, on the P320, P365, P322, and then director of product management. So kind of uh, run the gamut thus far. Ooh. And uh, you guys named the P365. That was a funny conversation
0: because during a break I asked, so how'd you come up with that name? Well, there's 365 days in a year. You carry it every single day. Oh, the bells went off and the lights uh-huh. went off. So there it is. I just outed myself again. Uh, Tom, let's go back to the P320. There's been a number of, of comments in the in the chat. We I'm going to go ahead and reread the question and let you take it away because you were talking about Montville, Connecticut, which is a viral, I guess I can call it viral video at this yes, point, right? Awesome. Certainly within our industry. That went viral last week of, I, I call it a negligent discharge, a uh, police officer. And here's the question that sparked the conversation. Please ask SIG if they want to address the elephant in the room, the P320 accidental discharges, especially in police level three holsters. I am not a SIG basher. He capitalized that. I love my pistols. However, my 320 lives in my safe. I'm not comfortable carrying it. Thanks, Greg. And that came from Greg El Taco, who, and Greg, thank you for the question. These are the guys that are answering that question, and we'll let you pick up from where you left off with the Montville incident in Connecticut this past yeah, week. Yeah,
3: yes, because I kind of jumped a little bit on, on a couple things there related to that. But um, since we're on radio, we can go with Paul Harvey sort of the rest of the story right. after you watch that video. And we saw it, and we were like, "How did that happen?" Because we know we know the gun doesn't go off by itself. There's a struggle, then you start learning things. First thing you learn is he's wearing a light bearing holster. Well. There are warnings on light-bearing holster packaging that say be careful because things can go in that holster. And that's probably the, I don't know if Phil agrees or disagrees, that's probably the number one thing that happens foreign objects or a finger, which mm-hmm. it, a finger will
0: fit. Well, some of the drawstrings, I know, there's been an issue with drawstrings on, uh, yeah, right, on, on coats. But would you tell listeners for the benefit of those who might be new uh, about the light-bearing holsters, explain what you mean by that for the for the newbies. Yeah, out so there.
3: when a, a police officer carries a gun, it typically has a, a light attached to the, the uh, fore end of the gun, and they have, for that light, and some of the modern lights are, are getting much thinner, like the mm-hmm. six-hour light that goes on a gun, but others are a little bit wider, so therefore they have to make the opening in the holster wide enough for the light to clear the holster, but then when that gun is fully seated in the holster, even a retention holster that has a hood that goes over the back of the gun that keeps it in place, it, it, bad guys can't pull it out of your holster, for anybody familiar with that's the way mm-hmm. that works, but what it does do, it creates an area of vulnerability in that holster where, because that opening that's wide enough to let the light go in, it's, I don't know, eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch fill? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's wide enough for the tip of your finger to go in there and d- pull the trigger. Keys. It's wide. Certainly, keys are. I think we think a number. And there's <laughs> been some people who've, who've uh, come out on uh, the internet since this has happened, and they've dropped keys in and they've pulled keys out and pulled them at a 45 degree and, it, and you can you can replicate it almost every time if you put a key down there and pull it at a, a 45 degree angle outwardly. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can make the gun go off. And and so another example was seatbelts. Uh, there was. a... Uh, michigan state police had uh two incidents three incidents two with a left-handed driver and one with a right hander in the passenger seat where in a dodge charger the seatbelt connector and those is a little different than other cars where most cars have a u-shaped connector it has sort of an i-shaped connector that was wiggling back into the wow. holster but to their credit they did an investigation which is what i kind of called out montville for because they really didn't do an investigation they just sent a video out uh without investigating it and um that seatbelt was when this officer would turn, twist, and pull up out of the car. It was wedging that seatbelt receptacle into the trigger guard, and the gun was going off. They had it happen three times. Wow. But to their credit, they, they communicated with us. They talked to us. And then they realized they had to make a change to the way their seatbelt rested in, in squad cars. But the rest of the story with that Montville story is both SIG and outside entities started freeze-framing the uh, the video from several different angles. You can see that the hood uh, on the retention holster is open, and the gun is actually out of the holster far enough that the trigger is completely exposed. Wow. Okay. So it's sitting with just the muzzle uh, or the barrel of the gun down in the holster, and because they only sent out a short portion portion of the video, there was apparently before that there was another struggle, which was why the the, the guy was in handcuffs, and then as they had him retained, two holster, two guys are holding him. And the cop whose gun went off actually engaged and tried to pull his legs up to take him to the ground because they were all bunched together. His gun sitting up halfway out of his holster, and it went off. And so we don't know what made it go off, but but if you look at the, it's on our website. You look mm-hmm. at the statement we put out there. We we freeze framed it and we showed the, the hood being down. We showed the gun sitting up. You can you can't. If the the video they released doesn't have the clarity the original will have. So ultimately, we hope to get to that. But you can clearly see the gun is sitting up higher than its normal place. So it, it's right between him and another officer. In one picture, there's an officer's hand against the, the, the grip of the gun. And so there were so many factors. Rather than sending it out within hours after it happened, a, a video that doesn't tell the story, mm-hmm. had they just taken a little time to investigate, I think they would have come to the conclusion that anything could have happened when the trigger is sitting there exposed in the middle of a, a struggle. And so,
0: very frustrating that, for us. Yeah, I, I'm sure. To me, it it's almost it seems agenda driven. It's bizarre to me because there have been numerous cases coming from police departments.
3: We think it's agenda driven to the degree that, you know, it, it started, a lawyer jumped on board. Exactly. And then another lawyer jumped on board. Maybe one of the most telling facts is uh, I mentioned a report uh, earlier, but. On Good Morning America, they reported on a gun discharge from a, a female police officer who had thrown her gun in her purse with a Serpa holster, which is right. one of the most notoriously wide openings of all the holsters, and, and claimed it just went off. Well, it did go <laughs> off, but it went off likely because some you know, pen or pencil mm-hmm. or lipstick case or key or something came in contact with that trigger. But when ABC was telling the story on Good Morning America and they threw it over to their own gun expert, he said... I've spent a lot of time with this gun. I've been following this story, and I've, I, I've tested it, and I, I've come to my own conclusion that I can't think of anything that can make this gun go off other than legal momentum. And we're listening to it, and we just kind of paused and said, did he just say what we think he said? Yeah, He right. said that this is being driven by lawyers. And so, interestingly, ABC was not knowledgeable enough about guns that they didn't even catch that that was, like, not telling the story right. they were trying to tell. And so, fast forward to Nightline that evening... And, of course, they edited his piece of the interview out, and they took out the legal momentum piece. But we've latched on to that because I think, you know, when you look at these the circumstances, whether it's foreign objects or whether mm-hmm. it's the, the Chick-fil-A in North Carolina where uh, a, a retired cop was carrying a gun without a holster in his belt, he goes to the restroom in a Chick-fil-A, and he says, my gun went off as I was exiting the stall. So if you just... Think that through a little bit. He goes to the restroom, undoes his belt, mm-hmm. pulls his pants down, does whatever business he does. No holster. He's got a gun that's just free-floating around. There's basically two options, by pull, the way, for that. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. That. <laughs> but he pulls his pants down. Sure? Yeah, well, you, know, yeah. you So let So, so <laughs> what's the most likely scenario, that his gun went off as he was walking out of the stall or the gun went off somewhere as he was messing with, you know,
0: Rebuilding well, his pants, putting his gun back in his belt. Let's be, let's be realistic here. Here you got a guy whose gun went off in a Chick-fil-A who can't hide from that. No. His gun went off in a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Everybody in Chick-fil-A now wants to know what just happened. It just went off by itself. It just went off by itself. That's his excuse. That's his panic-driven mode. There's an embarrassment factor. He's thinking, oh, my God, there's legal aspects to this. What just happened? I'm going to blame Sig. The gun just went off by itself. And I really want Chick Fil A right now. Most, why is most that? people know that. I'm really hungry for Chick Fil A because Chick Fil A is really good. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just- <laughs> We're getting ready to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We'll let you wrap that up, and yes, then sir. you have some things you wanted to talk about, sure, as well. And uh, then I want to talk about some. I'll, I'll give you my list of SIGs that I own because that's a really cool list. But let's close the segment. I was—is my 320 in my safe? In, that I when I is it is it a safe gun? Yeah, it is the safest Thank gun. Thank you, you can so have. much. I it's love awesome. my 320, and I already know that, and people need to know that as well too. So I guess what we're saying, ladies and gentlemen, is you can't believe everything lawyers and media tell you, maybe? There's always that. We'll be right back from Sig Sauer Academy in New Hampshire. Mark Walters in front of the Fort Worth Armory Mike. It's all brought by X Insurance. We'll see you in just a few minutes.
7: Daniel Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. All right, guys, welcome back inside Armed American Radio Six Hour Studios. Mark
0: Walters in front of the Fort Worth Armory Platinum mic for you, and all of it is being brought to you by the Great X Insurance. Make out to make sure to check out all of our partners, please, at ArmedAmericanRadio.com. Three segments left. Tom, I want to let you continue. You yeah. want to wrap up that conversation. Yeah, let me conversation. just wrap that up with because one one
3: headline more that I've been kind of um, you know bouncing around a little bit. But the, the most maybe the most important fact and why we're winning the the the, the jury trial and why the, the court's been th- the the cases have been thrown at by federal judges. No one has ever been able to replicate this scenario of a gun going off by itself. Uh, we haven't been able to replicate it, as far as I know. Our competitors, which I'm sure are doing their own testing, haven't been able to replicate it. The so-called experts uh, that are Uh, appearing have not been able to replicate it and so usually when something happens like that the you know 80 lawsuits or whatever it's been someone somewhere out there is going to be able to figure out a way to replicate it hasn't been done the second factor the expert witness side of this and that story is that no one's even offered a credible theory as to how it can happen. So if the judge or the the, the lawyers for, for our defense have, have asked the question, they've said, okay, you weren't able to replicate it. So what's your theory as to why it can go off or how it can go off without a trigger pull? And no one's even offered um, a theory as to how this can happen. So the, the sort of the, the, the closing message of this is, like I said, a company with the credibility and the size and the scale and the, the risk to our company. Oh, it's huge. If this was a scenario that we felt had any credibility whatsoever, you know, we would have to act on that. Mm-hmm. And so, to Greg's original question, um, you know, we we can't emphasize enough that this is a safe gun. This gun does not go off by itself. As I think, I, we haven't tested them to the degree of a sig, but m- most guns, as far as we know, don't go off by themselves. Well, let and me. So, th-
0: I'm just going to ask a really stupid question again. This one intentionally. If you and I take a 320 and set it right here loaded, how long will it take for us? To see it go off by itself without a trigger pull, how long will you and I sit here and stare at that firearm?
2: Yeah. You'll have to you'll have to leave instructions for your great great grandchildren. We'll turn to dust, right? Okay, so it's not rocket science. No, we we
0: see what's going on in the background here, but I, I appreciate you addressing that. And I and Greg, I, that's a it was and a no, very dis- important No disrespect to, to police, because no, of course, you know, this not. is this is if if you look at
3: the number of P three twenties that have been produced, this is a point zero 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 three six occurrence mm. or something like that of, of the number of three sixty or three twenties that have been been sold. So it's it's a small community and there's hundreds of thousands, uh, probably I think one point six million police officers in America or some some number over a million. And you know, we respect police officers respect what they do respect the some of the garbage they're having to deal with today um but there's some some bad apples who are just they're desperate or they think it happened that way or whatever
0: but it's, uh, it's or just they not find themselves in a way. position you know we talking about the chick-fil-a guy right uh, you got a guy that has a negligent discharge inside a chick-fil-a what's the first thing he's going to say he's going to try to oh he gosh. doesn't want to blame himself right okay you imagine the embarrassment inside a chick-fil-a not to mention the fear and, you know, I mean, this is, it's, it just makes sense. And, and I, you're carrying a gun stuck inside ma- your pants. Just a gun in your inside pants. your pants, right. So, I mean, people understand. I mean, you know, honest people understand these things. If you're a dishonest person, we're not going to reach you anyway. It's that simple. But I do have one quick question here from uh, Barbara. She asked a question. It a Snark, ask if SIG is developing a brace to increase the caliber of firearms. The pistol brace. You know, Biden said that the pistol brace okay. isn't classic yeah. yeah. caliber yeah. Of fire. So you but guys, we're, are, are, are we're working on that. You're working right on now. one. Yeah. So <laughs> we got a lot of engineers. So I don't know if Snark. Good. There you go, Barb. There you go. Um My son, Duke says my son bought a Sig AR. It's top notch. Awesome. Um, yeah. So we're getting we're getting down. Uh, the first new design here is the M18. California roster. So you guys are getting, uh, we're getting a lot of comments in here. Maybe during a break we'll take a look at these and see what else we can do. Yeah. Did you want to add anything well, to I'll, that?
2: I'll tell you this. I, Tom is a lot more polished than I am. You know, he's, the, he's the big wig. You know? He's the chief VP, marketing executive. You know, he's got a lot of titles. He's polished. I'm less polished. I was a police officer for 14 years, and for most of those years I taught other police officers how to shoot. And I uh, am... Police training has improved over the years, but I can tell you that, as a general rule, law enforcement is not trained to the to the levels that they should be trained to now I'm I saying that poor training led to these incidents? No, negligence typically leads to most of these incidents. but I think education and awareness is the first step to addressing this, and you know you can't ignore the fact that most of these are happening with With police officers mm-hmm. and well that 's the pattern we 're talking about right? it, yeah, it, and you, it, honest people see that because you're, you know, you're again no offense to police officers out there, but you 're putting firearms in the hands of people who are not what you would call. Expertly trained. Now, do they have training? Yes, but administrators—they don't look at not expertly trained through their jobs. Expertly trained through their standards, mm -hmm. but but not through police. Right. So, standards are basically a a police administrator. They look at training, quote unquote. I'm using quote here as going to the range and qualifying, and that's not what training is. It's not a square range thing. It has to be repetitions and real world training. And, And there are a lot of agencies who are incorporating that. But the fact of the matter is, is no matter what you do with the training, there's always going to be, like I said, LCD lowest mm-hmm. common denominator situations that are going to either lower the standard or create situations like we're seeing with the firearms and or with the people who are using the firearms. But uh, to Tom's point, you know, it's it's my, my 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 granddad used to tell me it's breezy at the top, and we won the largest handgun military contract in, in the in the history of the U.S. Mm-hmm. military. And we started taking on a lot of law enforcement contracts. And all of this kind of puts a big target on SIGS back. And oh, sure. when, when one settlement is made or, or, uh, or one lawsuit is permitted to go through the system or whatever the case may be, it sets a precedent. And a police officer who's embarrassingly, embarrassingly ADs in their department or into a refrigerator or into an emptying bucket or into mm-hmm. themselves, whatever the case may be, they see that precedent, and they know it's an automatic. You know, it's a it's a get out of it could be a get out of jail free card to say, oh no, it's a three twenty, so it was the gun, not me. That's just the default. Just to look, it's their job. They're scared to lose it, and I get it. And it, we we've we've looked. At, I've got a three twenty that's loaded in my house. Mm-hmm. It's been loaded for six years. The son of a gun hadn't gone off yet. Isn't Seriously, that isn't that weird? Six years, six and nothing has been sitting there in that safe, just sitting there loaded. Weird. Question.
0: Uh, kidding aside, any problem with this with the military?
2: The M17, M18s, yeah, no. Uh, no, absolutely no, not, and they are held to even a, a more stringent standard. And the the the, tr- the testing that goes through those guns is mind-boggling. And really? we actually covered it on a podcast. But Jason, right now, we're working on a podcast together, and we actually covered a lot of the details of that that test. And to say that the 320 is the most tested handgun in the history of handguns is not an understatement. It is actually the most tested firearm that's ever been made. As far as handguns go, it's... Yeah, well, it's interesting really when you talk about
0: law enforcement training. We, we tend to forget law enforcement carries guns for work. Right. I, I like to train for pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. To them, it's work. And we, we do see a discrepancy there. I've been very fortunate. I've, I've had training from some of the In best a instructors. In the lot it's a tool. It's, it's a, tool, a tool. It's, it's a tool. And, and for me, it's a tool for me, too, but it's not a tool that I have to take to work with me every day as part of my job, right? Yeah. Like they do. Uh, and I've had some training with some of the best instructors in the world. And it's fun for me to do, and I enjoy doing it. But when I go home at night, I don't have to carry it for work and uh, that responsibility. So it's easy to see why they would make the decisions they make, just like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it's frustrating, I'm sure. But uh, I get honest people get it. When we come back, I'll tell you what kind of guns, the SIGs that I own. And then I want to talk with you a little bit about Lena and Max and Dan and some training, you know, what, what these guys are doing, because there's been funding cut for education by our federal government for firearm education. To me, that's mind-boggling. We'll be right back. Following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Okay, guys, welcome back to the program. Indeed, Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom here in the Six Hour Studios at Six Hour in New Hampshire. A lot of fun. I hope you guys are enjoying the program. It's guns, 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 guns. It's Sig, Sig, Sig. Remember, I like to say my little motto is "It's a Sig." Uh, you hear that a lot. Okay, My son's got the sticker on the truck. It's a SIG. That says a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're here with you guys at SIG. We're on the Fort Worth Army, Mike. It's all being brought to you by X Insurance. So we had an opportunity to talk with CEO for a few minutes. Ron, great guy. Uh, proud to say, I'm honored to say, I've had a couple conversations with him. And fascinating. But he, he asked us to point a few things out and ask a couple questions. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Mm-hmm. What sets SIG apart. Now that's probably a very broad brush question. Mm-hmm, very broad. But what, you know, coming on the heels of the conversation with the 320, we're talking about everything that's gone into that gun, okay? I'm I'm sitting here in the museum and I've got everything from the history going back from 1853 all the way up to the MMG behind me, mm-hmm. which is an absolutely phenomenal gun. I would love to get my paws on it yeah. at some point in time. But there's a tremendous amount of history and Sig is the largest manufacturer of firearms in the world. You you go from that to from 1850s to this what is uh, clearly something sets SIG apart? What is it?
3: Yeah, I think it's even more than that. I mean, um, 1853 is SIG, and you asked me earlier you, you mm-hmm. didn't know what SIG stood for. SIG was Swiss Industrial Group. Right. So that was r- the original Swiss company, which was founded in 1850. Well, it was, actually was a wagon wheel company in 1853, and then by the, the end of the 1850s, uh, it had bid on and won a Swiss mil- Swiss uh, military rifle contract, mm-hmm. and then uh, but. But preceding that, JP Sauer and Sons in Germany was founded in 1751, so even older than than SIG. So those companies operated independently until 1975, when they came together and collaborated on a handgun project. SIG is known, you know, in its early its its early years for building the the P210 in 1949. Uh, you know, one of the most uh, classic guns ever built. Right. Uh, you know, and JP Sauer and Son was sort of a, a high-end, uh, upscale hunting rifle company. And so they came together in 75. They came together in 1985 with a U.S. distribution arm, which was never very successful. The guns were imported from Germany. They were wonderful guns, too expensive. So they just didn't, the, the business model wasn't working. They weren't able to make much money. So they floundered for years. Those old German guns are very valuable and they're very cool, but, um, the business model wasn't good. And so, uh, in Fast forward to 2000. Uh, our current owners uh, bought the company, and and when they bought the enterprise of Sig Sauer, which was Blauzer and Mauser and Sauer rifles and Myapa and a bunch of different uh, Hammerly, a bunch of different Euro, mostly Euro high-end companies, there was this little distribution company in New Hampshire called Sig Arms, and it was worthless. It was a it was a, a forty million dollar company losing t- losing eight million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I was educated in Texas, but that's not a really yeah, good. It's Not going to last model. long, and so, uh, so, in from two thousand two thousand four, they went through they they went they went through five uh, five CEOs in four years, and they nobody could crack the code. And then in two thousand four, there's a gentleman that interviewed for the job named Ron Cohen, and uh, he came here and and uh, stepped into a real mess. Um, in fact, when our owners bought the, all seventeen of those little companies. Sig Arms, it was called at the times, was they didn't want it, so it was actually a throw-in part of the deal for one Deutsche Mark. Wow! So what you see as six hour today would have been a pretty wow. good investment at that level back in uh, <laughs> two thousand uh, when they bought the company. But um, Ron fought it for years in terms of like just trying to figure out how to make this company work. He tried to he tried to negotiate a lower price, and the 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 owners weren't or the not the owners, but the people that ran Six Hour in Germany weren't very cooperative in pricing. So. He just decided to essentially start making some parts. He asked for drawings, and for various reasons, he couldn't even get drawings. So he had to re- reverse engineer two two sixes and two twenties and two two nines and the guns that were popular at that time, and uh, began to take cost out and began to grow the company. And uh, I'll fast forward through a bunch of that history, but by by two thousand thirteen. Not only was he launching the P2, P320, but he was also embarking on a mission to launch ammo, optics, suppressors, air guns, and, of course, the academy was already here with training. So it was sort of the root or the core of, of what has become SIG. In that one year, or that that period of about 18 to 24 months in, in 2013, 14, 15, SIG launched the P320, the MCX, the MPX, air guns, optics, suppressors, and ammunition, seven items mm-hmm. in a, uh, about an eighteen-month period that that really formed the foundation for the new SIG. And then, of course, shortly thereafter, the P365 came along, and and so you know the, things started moving. In 2017, we won that handgun contract. Um, you know, more recently, we've won the NGSW Next Generation Squad Weapon System contract, which now, as of the end of this year, when we start shipping, a U.S. soldier. We'll be carrying SIG handguns, a SIG rifle, the XM7, a SIG machine gun, the XM250, a SIG suppressor, SIG optics, SIG ammunition, and... Our sniper ammunition is now SIG. The suppressors? The, the contract, uh, I've, I've suppressors. got them sitting here behind me. Yeah, they're all it's, sitting it's, up there. And sitting I wish
0: I, well, ladies and gentlemen, I wish I could bring you the visual aspect yeah, today. So but. over, to, or over
3: right. here, there's a there's a, a diorama here in the museum that shows all those products on four soldiers that, that are in it. I wish you could see it here, but it's just a diorama of four soldiers, yeah. all those products, all SIG. Trust me, it's cool, guys. And so, you know, then, then within that is also the commercial market where no one did it the way we did it. There's been acquisition models. There's been merger models and all kinds of things but all everything that was done at sig was done organically i think in the early years ron was exploring should i buy try to buy this company or that company and most of us who've been in the business world for a while you, you sent, kind of see that mergers and acquisitions are i mean the percentage of the percentages of those working well are, is pretty low and yeah. so he did it all organically and i won't say it was smooth i mean the it was c- the classic uh you know the duck. Everything started looking pretty good out there, but man, the 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 feet under the water were just paddling like paddling like crazy to try to get this company put together. And then you know it it, it kind of came together, but you know it came from its origins. It's the second oldest gun company in the world that's still in operation. Beretta is famous for their five hundred more. Everybody that. knows that.
0: anybody that knows yeah. knows right. Which is it's great.
3: And, but Sig is the second oldest, and uh, it's amazing when you think about how nichey it was for several years good uh good brand and and good products but nichey you know and then and then uh on the verge of bankruptcy when sig arms was here it was just ron's sheer passion and determination and and if you get you spend more time Mm -hmm. with ron you'll understand that he doesn't give up i mean it's not in his dna
0: and, uh, oh no! Just talking to him about how passionate he is about going into training and other issues that we've talked about yeah. last year and, and just today as well. Yeah. So I think that's what differentiates uh, us. I mean, you
3: know, we're we're the largest gun company in the world, and yet we don't have market share lead in any category. So well, we that's, still that have that was a lot gonna be of my next, next That
0: was going to be my next question. Yeah, as I get older, time seems to take a different. You know, you say 2013. You know, as I get, it seems very recent. Yeah. You know, 2004. Ron came, seems very recent mm-hmm. to me because I'm a little bit older. You know, maybe if I was in my 20s or 30s, it would seem like a. But it doesn't seem like that long ago. And the growth has just been exponential. It would have to be to have come from that time period. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's kind of a reverse success story. When people are
3: looking overseas to find more efficient ways to make products, we brought it all here, and it's so we're so proud to sit here and say the guns and suppressors are all made here in new hampshire mm-hmm. the u.s military is going to be outfitted with guns and suppressors made here our ammunition is made in arkansas our optics are all uh, made in oregon uh, and all those products are are you know made in the usa by u.s workers it's yeah, fantastic you know it's it's just been a, an amazing story and uh, you know we've we've started looking at more modern weapons and and more we have we have, we our first acquisition um we we purchased a company that makes a remote weapon station, and uh, it's sort of a robotic cra- cradle that holds a machine gun, and you can shoot it from an iPad, either manned or unmanned, and drone technology and all those things. So you know we're we're going through that transition of. Is that of going to be something I the, can buy at my local shop? You and two hundred fifty thousand dollars can probably buy one of those systems, <laughs> but uh, but you know it's like we don't want to be a gun company anymore. Yeah. We're a defense company, whether it's defense of your home, defense of your streets in your city, or your. You know, m- military or whatever it's, it's going to be something that whether it's the United States or NATO
0: countries, our allies SIG is going to be a player and we're going to be important to this world and our defenses Guys, it's really cool stuff and it's really cool to be sitting here I wish you could see all the stuff that Tom was just telling you about that's behind me and over to my left but we'll get some photos up for you on social media here in the next few hours We'll be back We have one more segment to go here from SIG Sour in New Hampshire in the Six Hour studios back right after this
7: This segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Back to the show indeed. Final segment from SIG. We've been telling you for the last month we're
0: going to be up here. Thrilled to be here. Will not be the last time. Uh, in fact, we're just sitting here talking about, I think we're going to have a couple shows coming up in October. Yeah. Uh, with SIG. Um, November December. November and December. We'll probably be down in Texas and Dallas and uh, West Palm, Florida, right? Mm-hmm. So that's always good to get back to my home in, in Florida. And you went to school in Texas? Yes, sir. That's so there we fun. go. It'll be kind of a, a homecoming. Uh, guys, let's, uh, let's wrap up with this. Uh, I wanted to ask a question in the previous segment, and uh, time always gets in the way. But the size of SIG. Okay, largest firearms manufacturer in the world. You just gave us a rundown. What what American soldiers are going to be carrying? It's phenomenal. I mean, nobody else can say that. What percentage of sales, civilian versus military, is SIG today?
3: Yeah, the number vacillates from one year to the next of anywhere from 80-20 to Mm 70-30. In a a strong year for defense, it could be as much as 30%, um, which is... um, one of, if not the largest mixes of any, any company in the But still,
0: well, so 70%
3: civilian. is civilian. Yeah, yeah, and, and about 80%. But um, that paradigm is going to change. So our our objective for this company is to make those numbers closer to 50-50. And that's not because commercial is going to go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be because the defense side is going to grow dramatically, both in the U.S. and around the world, in our allied countries. But we also see... I mentioned earlier that we're we're not a market share leader in any category we compete in, and in some cases we're very small pieces of the market. So I think as we continue, that's to, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's 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 kind of weird when you think about it. we're the largest yeah. company in the world, but we're not the market leader in any cat- category. We used to be the market leader by a wide margin of metal pistols with the classic two two sixes and two two nines. At one point we had forty percent of that market by ourselves, and now because of the focus we've had on strikers and because there's been some other players that have come into the market and that, that niche mm-hmm. high-end metal pistols and things like that you know are we're not the market leader anymore so wow that's so uh, unbelievable yeah it's so really it's, it's a lot of potential here um for, right. for where we go and well, that, that's our goal to, is to get that that number to 50 50.
0: well having met ron and, and know you guys you're gonna get there
1: that's
0: your plan <laughs> <laughs> that's your plan you're getting there is no plan b remember there's, there's always no plan a b. there's no such thing as plan b here's what i like to carry i, I mean i have a bevy of SIGs that i love i have a p938 That, to me, is just a very cool gun. The action on the gun, to me, is phenomenal. I love it. Uh, The P320, of course, the 220 Equinox I have, which is a phenomenal firearm. I had trouble getting holsters for it, but I found them, Mm -hmm. and uh, Crossbreed hooked me up. We all know Crossbreed well. So I carry that from time to time because I am not afraid of carrying a full-size gun. Of course, the P365 and the 365 Macro, those two guns are my go-to on a, on a daily basis. So of all the handguns I have, a, a large percentage of what I'm carrying, probably 80% of the time, is a SIG. That's awesome. And, and they are absolutely beautiful. Now, Phil, let's go over to you. Let's switch gears here and go to some fun stuff. Uh, Lena, let's talk, we were talking training earlier, right? Yeah. What most people don't realize, and I've said this many, many times on the show, is the shooting sports are the number one most participated sport by kids across this country. More than soccer, basketball, everything else combined, but you would never know that. Because I can't remember the last time I woke up on a Sunday and watched a match on ABC or NBC so that I could CBS. Right. Yeah. You don't see it, so you don't know those numbers, but they're real. They're accurate. And back here, you guys have got three of the best shooters: Dan, Max, and and uh, and Lena, mm-hmm. ever to have lived. And I can say that because they hold Guinness World Records. Yeah. Yep. Lena's dad's going for another world record here, coming up soon. All right, Jerry. Uh, f- why don't we see it? And then when you hear about the administration going after funding to for schools, young kids, they're getting hunter safety education. Safety, real safety education, and it also includes archery. If those schools have those, the government wants to cut their funding. The administration wants to cut their funding. And here we've got the numbers we just talked about, and you guys have got some of the greatest team shooters ever to have lived.
2: Look, I I don't want to get too political, um, but it's it's hard to ignore that there is an agenda uh, that is not on the side of Firearms education, uh, firearms training, and responsible firearms ownership. That's no secret. Anyone who's listening to this station understands that. But I can tell you that my children and many other children's, uh, uh, their ability to handle a firearm and shoot a firearm is rooted in education, early education. Hunter safety, I took it. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. all taken it. All been there. Um, The fact that that's being attacked is not surprising, but I, I it looks to me like this is just another method of indoctrination of taking something else away from our kids to ensure that they can put an agenda in place. It's a, a multi-generational next, push. I think generation. you'll agree
0: with me, right. right? So it's a multi-generational push. And what it's going to do is it's going to take generations be coming up behind us who are not going to be able to see. Right. They this won't miss level. it. And, and they're not even going yeah. to know. And that, right. that is the objective. Exactly. Let's it's put gun stores out of business. Let's go after Hunter Education. It's been education happening system. in the
2: education system, maybe yeah. not on the firearm side, but it's been an indoctrination over the course of years, decades. And I think that's, this is going to be the first step to try to drive that agenda to our, to our children or away from our children in some respect. So,
0: Well, you guys sponsor the best of the best.
2: Yes, they are, uh, they are an
0: impressive team for sure. To say the least. Yes. If, uh, guys, if you've ever seen them shoot. Tell us a little bit about each one. We've got about one minute left. You can just give us a quick.
2: Uh, Well, Max is the team captain, and um, he has more national championships and world championships than I can count. Um, He's uh, particularly good with a handgun, but he's a naturally talented shooter. He was actually on a television show uh, where uh, he had to shoot all three guns, and everyone just kind of rode off Max, and he nearly won the entire competition. He lost to a professional three-gunner. Um, Daniel, of course, that's his forte is three gun, uh, and he just won the, the multi gun national championship against an incredibly tough field. Um, I mean, against uh, some solid shooters, people who do it for a living in the U.S. Army. And Lena, uh, she also won um, by probably one of the largest margins of females ever won that, that category by. Um, and, and she, she had fifth it fifth overall against the even against the men. She uh, she killed. Wow. Him. She shot a she shot a great match. I mean they're just they're, they perform and they take it seriously and it's their two job.
0: Two or three. I mean two or three Guinness World Records
7: out
2: of uh, Max has a Guinness World Record for um, a the fastest run on a plate rack uh, at I think eleven or twelve yards from the holster, wrists above shoulders. Uh, I know Lena has a number of them. I'm not sure exactly which which one she, she has. She won her first world
3: championship at 17, so it's hard yeah, to it's, count. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But can lose importantly, the, the thing about those three is they are, they are so indoctrinated into our company. Like mm-hmm. the Rose program, Daniel has a number of, of both commercial projects with us, and he's very involved in the military stuff coming from the AMU, Max coming from the AMU. They just – they're such an, an integral part of our company, and they're all – you know, this is part of why we work with them. They're wonderful human beings. They're great ambassadors,
0: and uh, you know, we, we love working with those guys. Yeah, you just took the words out of my mouth. They say ambassadorship. That's exactly what they are, and they're great. fantastic. Guys, I'm going to reach across and shake your paws. Thank you for great, having great, me up here.
2: Great to have us. awesome. Thank you, you very much, Tom. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having can't wait time.
0: until November and December when we can do this again and get face-to-face uh, because you guys have a world-class operation here. Be proud of it. No doubt about it. Ladies and gentlemen, visit SIGSauer.com. If you ever get the chance, come up here. Uh, 60 seconds. Tell people where can, where can they find anything more specific about the Academy. Yep, at the the SIGSauer
2: Academy is at 231 Epping Road. You come into the SIG Experience Center and find out anything you want to know about SIG, the company, the products, the military contracts, and, of course, sign up for a class. There's a myriad of opportunities to train you. and the museum
0: is very very cool time you got the last word about 10 seconds we appreciate you having us on we love to tell our story
3: we're proud of it like you said we're very yeah, proud of what we've be. achieved here and when, when we appreciate all the people that are supporting us
0: out there and uh, look forward to talking with you again fantastic won't be long ladies and gentlemen armed american radio i won't be here because i'm going to be on vacation for the next couple days but i'll be back live for you on sunday's monster cast and trust me when i tell you Enjoy the rest of your day. Carry on, carry off, and carry absolutely everywhere. Never, ever, ever leave your cave without your club. No self-respecting caveman would have ever been caught outside his cave without his club. Enjoy your day. We'll see you on the radio.
1: You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network.